Are you ready to become toxic person proof? Hey guys, Sarah K. Ramsey here to help you find love and success after a toxic relationship so you can design a life you're actually excited about living. Hello, wonderful. This is Sarah and who has ever burned out. I'm raising my hand. I'm raising another hand and maybe a foot or so. Uh, And I am here with Elizabeth Collins, who is a burnout coach and acupuncturist and intuitive reader and all these amazing things that we're going to discuss in the next few minutes. Um, But this is such a serious topic. We are two years after a global pandemic. Now we've got a war going on. You know, we've had working from home where the boundaries were all blurred. Um, Things have gotten tricky. Our lives, our lives have had less boxes that, that certain things fit in. And so I know burnout is a huge issue. Hello, Elizabeth. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you, Sarah? I'm good. I told you, I say, oh, I'm so glad I'm having this conversation now (laughs) because I'm off a week vacation where I actually unplugged. I didn't work on my book. I didn't work on anything. And my husband goes, what? You took a week off? And I was like, I know I did. I did. And really wanted uh, that week with my kids. Good internal boundaries, which is one of the things that we work on in burnout recovery. So yeah, you said that. And I was like, yes, like inside. Thank you. Yeah, well, thank you. Yes, uh, I'm a life coach as well, so I'm supposed to be good at this stuff, right? Sometimes <laughs> I am, sometimes I'm not. Uh, but yeah, so why don't you talk about what burnout means to you? So burnout's a little bit different for everybody because as we learn more about it, we start to we've started to realize that it comes from all sorts of places. So the first place it was really recognized was in the medical community. And that was kind of the first place that they talked about it with doctors and nurses working crazy shifts and lots of hours and being really strung out and doing very difficult work. As burnout has evolved, as we have evolved, we have found that you can burn out in a variety of circumstances. So you can burn out being an entrepreneur like I did originally. You can burn out being a stay-at-home parent if you don't have resources and boundaries and, and situations in place to be able to take care of yourself and support yourself. So burnout is a really individual process and that makes the recovery part of it very individualized as well. So there are certain tools and techniques that we use as burnout coaches and that I use as also a functional medicine practitioner. Um, to help people address burnout from both a body and mind perspective, because it's not usually just one or the other. Um, But it is, like I said, very individualized. And I love that you talked about internal boundaries. Okay, because as as a coach and stuff, that's some of the stuff I've discovered later on, because we've had a lot of conversations on this podcast about external boundaries, right? Within the toxic person conversation, it's like, oh, I need to have boundaries. How do I stand up to my mother-in-law? How do I stand up, you know, to to these different people? Um, Not my mother-in-law. I love you. I'm not going to stand up to you. I'm just kidding. (laughs) But, you know, within that conversation, we don't talk about internal boundaries, right? And I had someone recently who wanted to quit a job and start her own business because she said, well, I've had to have too many boundaries within my external job. And I thought, oh no, oh no. Like that is not a lesson that can be learned externally, right? We have to set up those internal boundaries. Can you explain why that's so important? 
Yeah, absolutely. If we don't have internal boundaries with ourselves, we don't have any structure to our life and to the way that we're kind of running things. And so it's very, very easy to get caught up in that sort of rat race hustle mentality of, I have to do this and I have to do that. And I've got, you know, I have to be on all the time. I have to be available all the time. And when you don't shut down and separate from what you're doing, particularly as an entrepreneur, that is a one-way ticket to burnout. And that was something that was really difficult for me because if I felt like I wasn't available for people, I would lose out on booking patients. And I, you know, even in my personal life, I tried to be available for friends and family because you want to be there and you want to be able to support people. But again, if you're not supporting yourself, you don't have that to give. So making sure that you understand where your internal boundaries need to be of, I, I can do this for myself, or I have the wherewithal to do this for somebody else, or I don't, that's an internal boundary. That's not necessarily something that you know, someone is asking of you. That's a big one too, with internal boundaries is we tend to go into other people's garden and plant seeds that they don't want because we think we can do it better because we think we should do it better because we think that they need help when we, they don't, and we're not trusting them to be the person that they are and take care of themselves. So that's a big place where internal boundaries come up is that like, just as my coach says, hold up your own knot. So she has an exercise called the knot, which is if you think of a net being over the whole world at each point of a net, there is a knot. And if every, if the net is going to stay up, everybody has to hold their own knot. If you're not holding your own knot and you're going over and you're trying to fix other people's, the net as a whole is going to sag. So it's really important to take care of yourself. And an example for me, like I said, with my clients, if I wasn't available all of the time, I was worried that I wasn't going to be able to keep them or get them if I didn't answer my phone on a weekend or answer my emails in the evening. Having normal business hours is important. And having that kind of separation and being able to step back and say, okay, like I'm, I'm taking my work hat off. In my case, I'm taking my scrubs off and I'm putting you know my sweatshirt on. And in not doing that and answering those calls and those emails, I got really like resentful. I didn't need to be, I could have answered those calls or emails the next time that I was in office, which is what I do now, which helps me come home and be home because I am my job. I am my business. If I don't hold those internal boundaries with myself, there is no separation between work and play. And that's critical for not burning out. Mm -hmm. And I hate these. I mean, to be honest, like, it's, it's like, yeah, I'm sad. Like, I wish I could work 20 hours a day because I love it. I wish I never got tired. I wish I could be there for everyone and everyone at any point for any reason. Like, I, I think it can be helpful to acknowledge the sadness of that. It's not like major sadness, but it's a little sad. It's like, okay, I, you know, I told my, my to be honest, my daughter cried this morning because my mother was taking her to practice instead of me. And usually mm -hmm. I take her for a smoothie and we have this whole thing, mm -hmm. but my son is playing tennis with my dad. Okay. I can't be two places at one time. I cannot <laughs> have her pick her up from school and take her to here and pick my son up from school and take him there. Like you just can't. Yeah. Right. And there's a sadness to that can't and to look her in the face and say, honey, I can't, your grandmother's going to have to take you. I can't, I can't, 
be two places at once. I can't be everything at all times. I can't work 20 hours a day. I can't, whatever it is. Uh, there's a humility to that, right? Yeah. And I think it's, it's really interesting that you bring that up because I was on a podcast in um, late 2021 that centered around grief. And I think it's one of those mm -hmm. things that we don't talk about enough in society in general. We don't, a lot of things that I actually like talking about, like grief and death, which sounds really weird, are very important because that comes up more frequently in much smaller ways. And if people's grief isn't big or expansive, it makes us uncomfortable. And so we tend to be like, oh, like, but it's fine. I'm sure your daughter's going to be fine. Yes, she is. She's, she's absolutely going to be fine. And there will be days where you can take her to practice and do the smoothie and do the routine. Today was not one of them. And it's okay to feel kind of crummy about that. When I was in the midst of my burnout recovery, um, I had put so much of myself into my business that I really kind of lost other aspects of myself. Um, one of which was going to music events and, you know, concerts and things like that and traveling. Both of those things really kind of took a hit when I was building my business. And the first time I really had the opportunity to do that was in September of 2019. I flew to London, like literally for a weekend, like 48 hours, maybe. And I saw a show and I came back and I, same thing. I love my job. I love my patients. I'm always like really excited to see people. Even if I'm having a bad day, I come in and then just being around my patients, like makes me feel better. So I really love what I do, but I had just done this other thing that I hadn't done for years. And I had come home, I think on a late Sunday night, I took Monday off just to kind of recover. And Tuesday I was getting ready. I was getting my, I was in my PJs and I was getting my scrubs out of my closet. And I sat down with my scrubs in my lap and I just cried because I had had this amazing weekend and I had made new friends and I had gone to London, which I love. And I saw this musical group that really like lights my fire. And I was going back to my everyday life. I had this like blip of extraordinary not that my life isn't amazing, but it's, it's every day. And I hadn't had that for such a long time and I missed it. And so I just sat there and I cried for a couple of minutes and I let myself have that instead of kind of spiritually bypassing that moment and saying, but look at what I have to be grateful for. I have a great job. I love my patients. I love what I do. All of those things. Yes. And I also miss this other piece of myself that I denied for a really long time in the process of building my business and burning out. And so we are complex enough individuals to be able to hold both of those emotions at the same time and have that be okay. Absolutely. And that's, that's what being a grown up is to me at this stage. Right. Um, I did not have that uh, both and thinking earlier on in my life and people were either good or bad and things were either good or bad and and having that both and experience of and I I experienced it some something that along those lines today you know I, to yesterday I was home but I strategically stayed off I was like no 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 I'm not gonna work on a Sunday just because I'm home like I've got a full week ahead I'm gonna work on Monday morning and go back into real life so I uh, finished had great time with my family and read a fiction book and uh you know some of those type things that just take your brain offline yeah and it's really important to have those moments 
because we are that kind of go, go, go all the time. And with burnout, it can be really tough for people to settle into that feeling because we have had that hustle mentality. And so doing anything that is not being productive, and for anyone who can't see me, I'm saying that in air quotes, feels bad. And it feels wrong. A lot of people come into uh, end up experiencing burnout because of perfectionism and imposter syndrome and not enoughness. And so when you tell somebody that like, we're going to work with those feelings and we're going to kind of scale that back a little bit and give you places where you're not feeling that so much positive things like, like white space on your calendar should be a must at some point in your week, but it causes anxiety in people. And telling people who are burnt out to meditate is like, that's a Herculean trial because we can't slow our brains down enough. Like our brains actually shrink and don't communicate. The left and right sides don't communicate quite as well. So asking someone in burnout to meditate is is virtually impossible. So usually in those cases, what I'll do is I will teach them a breathing technique that they can do for one to two minutes. Or I will direct them to guided meditation apps and say, do not do anything longer than five minutes Mm -hmm. because you have to bring yourself, your parasympathetic nervous system back online slowly. Those are the breaks. That's the rest and digest. And for people in burnout, that can actually get to a point where it feels unsafe to do that. And I want to clarify something. So you're talking about your left and your right side brain not communicating. You're talking about that's happening in burnout, not meditation. Correct. Yes. You said, yeah, I knew what you're talking about. But I was like, yeah, there may be something. For the clarification. No, meditation and, you know, burnout recovery techniques and things uh-huh. like that can actually, your brain, your brain will grow back and that connection will become better. It will become more efficient. But when you are burnt out, that is something that kind of dissolves a little bit. So it's certainly fixable. You know, you tell people like your brain shrinks. They're like, oh my God, it, it comes back. But, um, but it needs to be addressed in a burnout specific way. Mm-hmm. So going back to the conversation on internal boundaries, because I just know how crucial that is for our listeners, right? Because um, it was just not as talked about, right? It's like, oh, my boss is making me do this. Yeah. Okay. And are you putting expectations on yourself that your house has to be perfect? And are you putting expectations on yourself that you have to look perfect or that you have to, I don't know, whatever we, it is. Do, we do say whatever. Yeah, with your kids, with whatever. Um, So I'd like to use the term self-integrity. I like that. And like having integrity to yourself. um, What has helped me is the lead by example. Like if I tell other people they need to have white space and then I don't have white space, that makes me dishonest. So Mm -hmm. that encourages me to keep those internal boundaries within myself of like, okay, I'm leading by example. I'm showing my kids you're not always on your phone. You're not always responding to emails the very second, you know, um, those types of things. What what strategies do you have for helping people secure internal boundaries? Values exercises can be incredibly useful for that because once we understand what we value and what is important to us, it almost creates the boundary itself. Mm -hmm. So for me, curiosity is one of my core values and that allows me to be less reactive and to create better boundaries of instead of saying, I need to do the, you know, I need to feed the cats and do my laundry and do the dishes and get to work. I get curious about it. Do I need to do all of those things? No, I don't. I need to feed the cats and get to work. The laundry and the dishes can wait, or I can put the dishes in the dishwasher and let that run when I'm not home. So that space allows me to keep my nervous system kind of calm 
and decide what I need in that moment and set the boundaries for myself of what I actually need, not what my lady lizard brain says I need in that moment because of fear or scarcity or anxiety or whatever the case may be. But I think so, what you're saying is you're reminding yourself that you have a choice. Like I, okay, there's not like a gun to my head with the to-do list, right? There's a choice. I'm choosing to do the dishes, which I chose to do this morning, right? I'm choosing to do the dishes. I'm choosing to finish my book. I'm choosing to show up for my kids today. I'm choosing to like, and some things obviously we want to show up for our kids, but um, you drink water, get sunlight, you know, some of these things. But recognizing that they are choices we are making rather than feeling like they are um, an internal drive that we have no control over. Right. And the curiosity, that value of curiosity is something that helps me with that. Um, One of my other values is to prioritize my health beyond all, all else. But that means to me, my physical, mental and spiritual health. So sometimes prioritizing my mental health, because that's what it needs in that moment, knowing that that's my value means I'm going to order gluten-free dominoes for dinner. So I'm not prioritizing my physical health, but simply asking that question of myself or, or knowing my value of, you know, the, the thing that I want to prioritize is my health and knowing the lanes of that mental, physical, spiritual which one needs the most attention right now? Do I need to sit and meditate for five minutes? Do I need to, you know, make a nice dinner of like a meat and a vegetable and nourish my body beyond anything else? Do I need to just get a gluten-free pizza so that I can attend to other things in my life? It helps me eliminate stress. Again, it's that internal boundary of understanding what is best for me in this moment. I love that. I love that. Um, and knowing that they can take turns. It's only yeah. a concern yeah. if they don't take turns, right? Absolutely. Usually the values exercise that I have people go through, which again is one that my coach developed. I use a lot of her tools because they're really good and why reinvent the wheel. Um, it The list that you usually end up coming up with from about 80 to 100 words is you go through and you sort of pick a bunch of words that resonate and then you classify them into categories. So if happiness, joy, creativity, and love, all are words that resonate. You'll pop those into a category and then say, what's the one that resonates the most with me out of this category? Okay. It's creativity. And this one is curiosity. And that one is, you know, financial stability, whatever the case may be, you'll get a set of three to five values, and then you create action statements around them. So my action statement for curiosity is I embrace curiosity. That is the action that I have. And so it is something that becomes inherent to who I am as a person. And therefore I approach all of my situations that way. I love it. Elizabeth, where can people find out more about you? I am on the internets at theeastwestco.com. And I'm actually in the process of launching a new website that's burnout specific called theburnoutwitch.com. And I am on Instagram and TikTok at theeastwestco. Uh, like company and the, the burnout witch. Awesome. If you had a one minute message for the entire world that we got to broadcast your voice to the whole world for a minute, what would you say? God, you are not alone, particularly when it comes to things like burnout recovery people who are burnt out feel like they need to do everything themselves already. And so it's, I can hack this. I can read this book. I can do this app. I can, you know, 
do not, do not try and do this alone. There are people out here like myself, doctors, counselors, primary care physicians, resources that can help you get started in recovery. But burnout is an incredibly isolating experience. And if there's one thing that I can let people know is that they are not alone and please ask for help. I love that too. I think I've said that like three times. So. <laughs> I love that. I love that. <laughs> but uh, my audience knows um, that I've said, I've just never seen anybody move from point A to point Z and say that they did it by themselves. I just haven't. I, I can't give you one example of someone I was, you know, burnout. I was in a toxic relationship. I was this, I was that, whatever. And then I said, well, how'd you do it? Oh, I figured it out on my own. I read three books and just did it on my own. I've never heard anyone say that story. Not once. We are neurobiologically wired for community. So in your moments of struggle and pain and weakness, reach out. Awesome. Well, Elizabeth, thank you for coming and helping us on our journey to becoming toxic person proof. Thank you so much, Sarah. I really appreciate the time. Hello, wonderful. This is Sarah. And if you love the Toxic Person Proof podcast, then you are going to love the Becoming Toxic Person Proof book. Just give Toxic Person Proof a Google and you'll see where the book is sold. It's all about clearing the confusion and learning to trust yourself after a toxic relationship. And the best thing is, it's a lot easier to give a book away than a podcast. So if there's someone you know who's struggling in their own toxic relationship, pick up a copy and pay it forward. Hello, wonderful. This is Sarah, and I hope you enjoyed today's podcast. I know that there was something that you can take away to help you get past the past, get real about the present, or get serious about your future. And if I did my job, then hopefully it will help you with all three. If you are not in my Facebook group, Finding Love and Success After a Toxic Relationship, then consider this your personal invitation from me. I'm there live, there's tons of support, and most importantly, tons more information to help you on your journey to become toxic person proof.